building in Waterloo, a shared space between the United Church and the Reformed Temple Shalom, is celebrating 20 years of unity. The two faiths work together, and to mark the anniversary, they invited members of all faiths. That's the sound of a news report from CTV in Waterloo, Ontario, from a few years back. And it shows how a Reformed synagogue, Temple Shalom, shares its building with the Westminster United Church. In fact, more than 25 years ago, the two faith groups had actually agreed to build their place of worship together, and it may well be the only Jewish and United Church house of worship like it in Canada. And from all reports, it's worked out well, but their relationship might become a bit awkward this week. Six organizations representing Canadian rabbis from coast to coast issued a strong statement condemning the United Church and a new proposal to adopt a much harder line against Israel. The policy takes the church's efforts to acknowledge how it acted as settler colonials against indigenous Canadians and then applies that lens to frame its new policy on Israel and the Palestinians, although the report calls it Palestine and Israel. The policy has more welcoming language about supporting people who support BDS and endorses the use of nonviolent resistance in the face of injustice, including boycotting products produced in the West Bank. They also suggest supporting BDS is not anti-Semitic. Plus, the church wants to not recognize the state of Israel as a Jewish state. And it's also discussing whether to use the word apartheid in describing Israel's treatment of Palestinians. Now, it's not the first time in the last dozen years that the United Church's position on Israel has upset Canada's Jewish leaders. And in fact, the mainstream Jewish organizations do not have a relationship and they broke it off because of it. And that's why Sija and others have now left it up to the rabbis to speak out this time as the church prepares to bring this new social justice policy for a vote beginning in February. I'll tell you, this does raise the wonderful position we Jews find ourselves in. The extremists on the right view us as a threat to white culture, that we are undermining white supremacy with the replacement theory, that we are the enemy of white power. The extreme left sees us as the epitome of white privilege. So if you wonder why some Jews can't sleep at night, you got your answer. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, January the 18th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The CJN Daily obtained a copy of the United Church's 23-page report. It's the result of two years of consultation by a small internal task force set up and led by the Reverend Martha Turkile, who used to be the leader at Toronto's Bloor Street United Church. They did interview two Toronto rabbis, Michael Dolgan and Elise Goldstein, who were there officially representing the Toronto Board of Rabbis. The church also consulted one Jewish group, Independent Jewish Voices, which strongly supports BDS. Now, it should be said that Rabbi Goldstein's congregation, the City Shul, rented space at the Bloor Street United Church for the last three years, and she vows to continue to dialogue with that church to try to get the report modified, as do the other rabbis. And coming up, we'll speak to some of them about whether their public statement will do any good in this long-standing and fractured relationship with the two million people in Canada's largest Protestant church. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Ashley Waxman Bakshi in Herzliya, Israel, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has issued a statement marking the anniversary Monday of Raoul Wallenberg Day. Wallenberg was the Swedish diplomat who saved 100,000 Hungarian Jews from deportation by the Nazis during the Holocaust in 1944 and early 45. Trudeau called Wallenberg a remarkable hero and humanitarian. Wallenberg issued Jews diplomatic passports, he set up safe houses and soup kitchens, but when the Russians liberated Hungary in 1945, Wallenberg was arrested and disappeared into the Soviet gulag. Some reports say he died there in 1947, but his family and the survivors are positive that is a lie, and they're renewing calls for justice, and they want Russia to turn over evidence about what really happened to Wallenberg. Canada made Wallenberg its first honorary citizen back in 1985 and designated January 17th as the annual Raoul Wallenberg Day here for the date when he was arrested. And joining me now to speak about the United Church's policy proposal are Rabbi Baruch Friedman Cole, Rabbi Emeritus at Toronto's Beth Tzedek Synagogue, and Rabbi Reuven Pupko of Montreal's Beth Israel Beth Aaron Congregation. How did you find out about this? How did it come to your attention? We have many friends in the United Church of Canada. Unfortunately, they are far from the majority. And, um, and, and documents and discussions are, uh, are shared with us and, uh, and we react. But again, uh, this issue is, doesn't start in, you know, this year or last year. Uh, the issue with the United Church of Canada goes back many years. Uh, their positions on, on Israel are, are, are well known to us and well known to members of the Jewish community. They've had a jaundiced view of Israel for, uh, for many years. And so it's, this is not a shocking development by any stretch, but it continues to be an, uh, at the very least an irritant, but always profoundly disappointing. Right. And again, I want to add to that. Um, in previous encounters with the UCC, um, it has also led to the dissolution, not only of our relationship with the United Church of Canada, but um, the entire um, Canadian Jewish Christian consultation ended as a result of the positions taken by the UCC. And we have instead developed uh, bilateral relations with different religious groups, uh, such as with the Catholic Church. Um, and and uh, they attempted at one point to try to hold it all together, but were unable to because um, the UCC was so strident in the past. And as you can see from uh, the proposals now, um, it's strident. It remains strident and very difficult for us. And frankly, it doesn't really help the process in Israel and with the Palestinians at all. As far this has been going on, not just it's not the first rodeo, as you said, back oh, in two thousand and nine and two thousand and twelve, and and that's when sort of even uh, Rabbi Bulka and other people, may rest in peace, went physically to Kelowna, and yeah. they tried to you know stop it on the floor, as they say when we were meeting before COVID. Um, now, uh, so before we ask specifically, what is so um, appalling to you about this and challenging, you know, is there any, uh, this letter was sent, is that the only thing that you are going to be doing to try to persuade them not to go ahead? We continue to meet with, uh, you know, privately and unofficially with some members of the UCC to try to embolden them to, uh, uh, to seek change and to, um, and to try to, uh, you know, influence them in a better direction. But again, as, 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 uh, as Baruch has already said, we don't, uh, we have no formal relationship with them anymore because of the steps they've taken. Well, let's... What they have chosen to focus on 
and and again distort as they focus on it is really bewildering. I mean, we're living at a time where Christian communities, ancient Christian communities, are on the verge of extinction, and in other countries like Syria and Iraq, and the Jew, the Christian community in the Jewish state is in fact growing and uh, and, and flourishing, and yet they choose to fixate. Uh, on Israel and distort uh, the reality of, of the state of Israel. And uh, if you're a Christian in the Middle East, the one place you want to be is Israel. And and yet they take this view of the Jewish state, which is, uh, I mean, it's either driven by delusion or bigotry. Well, they did say, let's unpack specifically some of the problems that you all uh, outlined. They did say in their report that they were asked to do this by their Christian partners in Palestine that this is where the, the appeals to move more stridently in a different direction and not in the center came from. What do you know about that? You need to know who your partners are. <laughs> and, and um, uh, for example, Kairos, which is one of their partners, um, also shares a liberation theology. Um, so um, it depends on who you're talking to and who your partners are. What is the issue that you found the rabbinical response to who they asked for advice from, besides the two rabbis who uh, we know from the Toronto area, but some of the groups you found problematic with? You choose your friends. And the UCC has looked to, um, uh, I, will, I will call them uh, minority voices within the Jewish community, um, even marginal voices within the Jewish community, in order to ask them for uh, their opinions. Um, and, and one of the things we've learned um, uh, is that um, that's cover. That's their attempt to say, you see, we've consulted, that there are Jews who share our opinion. But, but in, in reality, uh, when you want to understand if somebody feels uh, oppressed, you ask them. So we, the Jewish community of Canada, as a larger entity, we have representative voices. Um, and our surveys show us that the vast majority of Canadian Jews have a deep concern for Israel and its security and prosperity. That doesn't mean that they're not concerned with the issues for Palestinians. I think that's very important to understand there, there is a desire for a better life for Palestinians. Um, but at the same time, the vast majority of Canadian Jews, um, and certainly through our representative bodies, uh, we do not see the state of Israel as um, acting in an apartheid way. And, and I wanna just add that one of the challenges here um, is despite the UCC saying we are conscious of anti-Semitism and we don't want to feed anti-Semitism, the reality is that this does. And it also uh, reflects poorly on their understanding of Jewish history. Because uh, one of the things we know is that for Jews, the return to Eretz Yisrael was not something that just occurred because of Theodore Herzl. And it didn't just occur post-Holocaust, but rather it was something that was ongoing through multiple, many, many centuries of Jewish life.
and and frankly, um, the denigration of that um, is a form of anti-Semitism. And, and I'll go further than that. Um, it also undermines the Christian claim itself um, to history in the Holy Land. So we see ourselves as indigenous, as a people and as a culture to the land of Israel. That is not to say that Palestinians don't have their own sense of being rooted, of being tzamud in the Arabic, of, of having um, an indigenous quality. And that's why there has to be a real serious effort at bringing um, Israel and the Palestinians together into some sort of a dialogue that might have some fruit. All right. So to end off, <laughs> this is stuff we've heard a lot, but it seems that the position of the, the church uh, is going down the much woker, harder line road than before. Who's to blame? Where did this come from? Is it the new moderator? Is it uh, like, where is this from? They are where they want to be. They want to be anti-Israel. They want to undermine the position of the Jewish people. This is what they want. And then they embrace the vocabulary and a political point of view. This is their intent. They were not influenced by some nefarious outsider. This is where they want to be. So where do we go with this stuff? Well, I, I would say, look, um, a, a Jew is in, uh, always hopeful. And I'm always hopeful that there will be, um, because of our response, enough of the leadership of the UCC that will say, wait a second, let's reconsider this. Let's not jump so jump into this more deeply than we all they already are, um, because it's already problematic. I, I hope that that will occur. Let's say it doesn't. Then I think we need to ask, so what are the implications of that? Well, um, I think that uh, Canada as a, as a government and as a country is strongly committed, strongly committed to support of Israel and to the possibility of a two-state solution. Um, I think that um, that will remain the case. We did not respond to their report because we thought in any way it presents any danger to the Jewish state. What the UCC says is completely inconsequential to the state of Israel and to the future of the Jewish people. They, have, they are barely influential in Canada, let alone anywhere else. Their attendance is dropping. Their churches are closing. We, we answer them because it's the principal thing to do when lies are said is to speak the truth. At this point in the this, in this history of the Jewish people and the history of the state of Israel, the UCC have, will have no impact on the future flourishing of the Jewish state or the Jewish people. We did reach out to the United Church for an interview, but the reverend who chaired the task force says she can't comment until church leadership does. Meanwhile, the city shul is moving out of the Bloor Street Church site soon, as is the United Church congregation itself, because the whole area is being redeveloped into condos. The Reverend told us they're hoping to move back in in about four years, and they hope the city shul will too. You can read the rabbi's statement. We put the link in our show notes. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Howard Fremeth in Ottawa, 
He wrote in to say how he enjoyed our story back in November about the woman who plays the Dominion Carillon Bells in the Peace Tower on Parliament Hill. And we'll end the episode with a bit of Canada's special envoy on anti-Semitism and the Holocaust, Professor Erwin Kotler, speaking Monday at a virtual event for Raoul Wallenberg Day by the Hungarian Embassy in Ottawa. And with a combination of ingenuity and inspiration and bluff and bravado, he mobilized the diplomatic community and others. And for the next six months, they saved 100,000 Hungarian Jews. More than any other government or group, while the international bystander community was characterized by indifference and inaction. An important lesson for us today. And so Raoul Wallenberg's heroic life and legacy can serve as inspiration for us all in these times. 